0: You must learn the ways of the Force. How do I get?
1: Yes! You must unlearn what you have learned. You. Your powers a weak, old man.
0: You still have much to learn, my young apprentice. We would be honored if you would join us.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to the very first episode of Tap That Mana. I am the Artifact Princess, and with me is Tangent from Manuscript Screwed Podcast.
2: What is up everyone?
1: And who could forget Boston, Massachusetts? Hey.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. Nice, Boston. <laughs> so, okay, what we have here for you guys is a show that... The Artifact Princess and Boston, Massachusetts, and myself have wanted to, to do for some time now. It's a show about... Noob stuff. Noob stuff, that's right. <laughs> it's basically we're going to be going over... Um, we're going to be going over rules and just magic from the beginning. Basically, your beginner's guide to magic the gathering. And this is going to be kind of in the spirit of the old show that that was uh, damage on the stack that was on the MTG cast, which was a great show for people that were learning and they they broke the game down onto a more basic level for people and that's kind of what we want to do we've on Mana Screwed podcast we had multiple people send in uh, including Elijah who is one of our big listeners who wanted more information, uh, more of the beginner's information, because some people don't have access to other players or access to the, to really good beginner information. So we want to be able to make this available for for other people.
1: And to help us learn.
2: And to help, yes, because... The Artifact Princess and Boston, Massachusetts are trying to increase their game. And in going over this information, I will also find many things to help me as well. So we're all learning together because if you've ever broken down like serious rules of magic, they're pretty complex. It's basically like trying to look through a legal document. So what we'll do is start at some of the beginning things. And we'll just, we'll take a look over things, we'll try and do it at a basic level, and then we'll get more advanced as we go. Sound good? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can tell Boston, Massachusetts is very excited about it. So, uh, alright, well... We will just throw out real quickly that if you want to get a hold of us, like if you appreciate what what this show has to offer, or you have questions for us, you want us to cover things more deeply, or just you know give us some mail, some response feedback, whatever. Uh, you can uh, you want to throw that email address out there, there, Artifact Princess.
1: Yes, it is tapthatmana
2: at gmail dot com. Tap that mana at gmail dot com.
1: I
0: don't like g Donkey Donkulous.
2: Whatever, please. <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, anyways, that's how you can get a hold of us. Tangent or I will respond.
2: And, yeah, we might even let Boston say something once in a while, so we'll see. I don't know about him. <laughs> um, so, t- to begin with, what we'll do is, uh, oh, no, please, Boston, by all means, speak your mind.
0: I was just going to say, pssh. <laughs> you can't stop me from talking.
2: Uh, yeah, I know, trust me. Uh okay, so so what we're going to do to begin with is just uh start off with with some of the the basics. But when people think of the basics, I I don't want you to assume that we're starting off with you have these lands and you tap them for mana and then you play a spell. We're going to assume that you know the most basic levels of the game, that you know that you play land and then you play your spells. We'll assume that you know the basic basics of the game. You have 20 life, etc. But we want to get into, you know, breaking things down so that you understand the more complex strategies, but also break them down at a basic level to where they make sense for everyone. So... Right that's exactly,
1: and Boston and I will uh occasionally I'm sure have some questions Cause we've been playing magic for a little over a year, and I know I still have questions and struggles
2: and that's and that's part of what this what this came about, like how this came about is that uh you know the these two, even though they've been learning, they still do have get confused about certain things, so I know that if they're confusing to people that they'll be confusing to other people out there, too. So, right? Yes. Are you sure about that?
0: I'm absolutely positive.
2: All right, good, good. Okay, so to, be, to begin with, there's a certain set of rules known as the golden rules that, that I think we should clarify just because they are somewhat important in order to help you understand the other rules of the game and these rules a lot of people don't necessarily know that they are solidified in stone like these are actually part of magic's rules there's a lot of rules that that are that seem like are just unspoken rules but really magic has a very defined very defined set of rules um the the rules called the golden rules kind of help you understand other rules and so that's why they're they're somewhat important because if we say, like, say, for example, I told you that uh, that a sorcery spell could only be played during your main phase. Well, that's great, but there are situations in which a sorcery spell can be played that's not in your main phase. So if I said to you right now that what a sorcery is is a card that can only be played during your main phase and later I went back and told you that, say, this card had flash, even though it was a sorcery, it could be played any time you wanted it to, well, then you might go, well, that's not your main phase, so now all of a sudden it's like the rules are being broken. So why are the rules being broken? The golden rules help you kind of figure some of these things out. The first of the golden rules is that whenever a card's text directly contradicts these rules... The card takes precedence. The card overrides only the rule that applies to the specific situation. The only exception being that a player can concede the game at any time now there that goes There are deeper rules involving these things um, such as a player can concede the game at any time uh. Well, I mean, that just seems obvious to everyone, but the problem is, is it's not obvious to everyone, and that's why it's defined in the rules. Like, a player concedes, and if they concede, they leave the game immediately. They automatically lose the game. Things like, for instance, let's say that a, that a player had played a, a Mindslaver and they were supposed to take the person's next turn in a group game, right? So they they, they were supposed to, like, say me... Boston, Massachusetts and the Artifact Princess were playing a game and I used a mind slaver and was supposed to take the Artifact princess next turn. Say I see that Boston's going to kill me and I concede the game. Well I'm out of the game. Period. It's just over for me right then at that moment when I concede. That also means I do not take Artifact Princess's next turn. I am no longer a part of the game. So once you're out of the game, once you concede the game, you are gone, you are done, you lose the game, period. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Basically, the main point is that when a card's text directly contradicts the rules, the card takes precedence. So, if if a card's text says, say it's, it's flash and can be played any time, like if it's flash on a creature, then that means that rule takes precedence over the fact that a creature can normally only be played during the main phase okay because the card specifically states otherwise so the card's rules take effect that's a, that's a big rule um let's see when the second is when a rule or effect allows or directs something to happen and another effect states that it can't happen the can't effect takes precedence
0: what exactly does that mean
2: what that means is that let's say um say you have a spell right that says players can't gain life, right yeah, and I have a spell that says that whenever a spell is played i can't I gain three life right yeah your spell takes precedence because it says can't mm. like and that's and that's the way that it that it is or like the example from the actual rules is you may play an additional land this turn if there's another read another card that says you can't play land cards this turn the effect that says you can't wins so can't always ru- always wins over can mm-hmm. okay so that's a very important rule also because people are constantly wondering about that When it comes to, say, one person puts a spell in play and another person puts another spell in play that says the opposite, which one wins? The one that says can't wins.
0: That makes sense.
2: You have to break things down further where, like, adding abilities to objects and removing abilities from objects does not fall under this rule. And then you have to really, like, delve deeper into the rules to find that out. But the most important thing, since we're trying to start with the basics, is to understand that can't wins out over can. Okay? Now, the the third rule is any part of an instruction that's impossible to perform is ignored. In many cases, the cards will specify consequences for this. If it doesn't, there's no effect. What? (laughs) Let's say... uh, it it really it really depends on the way that the way this rule reads sounds a little bit confusing what it's trying to say is that if it's if it's telling you multiple things in an action but you cannot perform an action a certain action then that effect is ignored sometimes that can just flat out cancel out a spell too though like you can't cast a spell that says it needs three targets if you don't have three targets right so
1: it's not talking about like um, maze or player may draw three cards or a player at his next untap step may blah
2: well that's i mean there's no reason why a player wouldn't be able to draw three cards but like say like let's put it this way say there's a there's a spell called incremental blight okay which is put a minus one counter minus one minus one counter on target creature Minus two, minus two counter on another target creature, and a minus three, minus three counter on another target creature. Okay. Well, let's say you cast that spell and you declare your targets, and I lightning bolt one of the creatures. That creature's not there, so it's an impossible target. It can't perform that spell, that part of the spell. Okay. Now, in situations such as incremental blight where it requires it, Um, you do have to have three targets to begin with to be able to cast the spell sometimes if if you take away a piece of the spell like like it says in many cases the card will specify consequences or if it doesn't there's no effect sometimes if you can prevent one part of a spell you can prevent the whole thing Mm. but that again gets into more complicated things the main thing is is Just as long as you understand that sometimes there is an instruction that's impossible to be performed, and if that is the case, then it is ignored. The the fourth one is, if multiple players would make choices and or take turns at the same time, the active player, the person whose turn it is, makes any choices required. Then the next player, in turn order, usually the player seated to the active player's left, makes any choices required, followed by the remaining non-active player in turn order. Then the actions happen, happen simultaneously. The rule is often referred to as the active player, non-active player order rule.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, <laughs> whoa. Uh-huh.
0: I, I don't understand this
2: at all. But okay. Is this, like, is this
1: like the stack?
2: Like um you
1: play you play a creature I play a cancel but you also want to do something else that maybe prevents something from happening
2: Not ex- not exactly these these are choices that would happen at the same time See see with the stack like say I I cast a spell as long as I have priority I still have the ability to cast more instants on top of that w- and then pass priority to you. This is more complicated again. We'll get into this later, but that is an example of things happening at different times, okay, because you still have to pass priorities and things. All those things resolve, but they're not necessarily actions taken at the same time. An example of actions being taken at the same time, like, for instance, this. There is a card called Patriarch's Bidding, a card that I happen to like to play quite a bit. When you play that spell, each player names a creature type. All creatures of that type are returned from their graveyard to play. You all name the creature at the same time, but technically it still has to start somewhere, okay? So even though, even though it's all theoretically the actions being done at the same time, it still has to all happen in in a sort of a turn order. So it starts with, if I cast Patriarch's Bidding, I'm the active player. It would start with me. I would name a creature type, then the person to my left, and it would go around that way, to to where we would all name the the uh, creature type and everything. Then the creatures would come back into play, starting with the active player. So everything is different. The the actual example here is. Each player sacrifices a creature. First, the active player chooses a creature he or she controls. Then each of the non-active players, in turn order, chooses a creature he or she controls. Then all creatures chosen this way are sacrificed simultaneously.
1: So that is that Clara's Mud, Boston?
2: Do you get that now, though? That, like, sometimes things happen all at the same time? Yes, I okay. completely
0: understand now.
2: Okay, good. Because I wasn't going to explain it to you anymore.
0: You said i needed to
2: <laughs> so okay that is the golden rules that they, they can be broken down a little bit more but that's the main thing that you need to understand about the golden rules so now let's move on we're going to talk about the the main topic of this show is card types so we're going to go over card types. Woo! Now, I, now, this is a perfect example of how how things can be different for different levels of people. When I originally thought about doing this show, <laughs> I thought about the turn order, and I thought it would be a good idea to, to go over the elements of a turn mm-hmm. and break it down that way and uh, go over, it. to me, the fundamentals of, like, the turn order and everything. Right. Um you thought that that was a little too complex because you wanted to know what the cards did and know all the those things, like a little more deeper knowledge of the cards and understanding when they're played and things like that first.
1: Right, yeah. Sometimes I still have a little bit of problem with, and, you know, with some of the cards coming out in uh, Scars. Scars of Meriden. uh Seriously? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Not it, it, for somebody who's been playing Magic for a while, you understand all of the kind of stuff, the poison counters and stuff,
2: and it just adds even more. Okay. Well, you know. and that's why I I agreed after I thought about it and I thought about the basic elements is I want to assume people have the basic understanding, but maybe people this is where we give it, people a chance to get a little bit more of a complex understanding of each of the card types. And then I will go on, you know, to where we we can talk about more advanced things like turn order and priority and things like that on the next episode. Yeah,
1: because even I have gotten confused with lands, which is our first card.
2: Okay, right.
1: It sounds silly, but I have... Well,
2: to begin with, it is. It is confusing to people, understanding that lands themselves are permanents. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that gets confusing to people, because... People have a hard time understanding what are spells and what are permanents, and sometimes spells become permanents, but not always. So, yes,
0: non-land permanents. So, like cards like that say, like take out all permanents. They mean specific. They mean land too, right?
2: If they say like destroy all permanents, then it means all permanents, including land. Most cards that do that will say destroy all all non-land permanents. They if they don't want land to be involved in that then they will specify. Some some cards will say destroy target permanent. Yeah. And you can destroy a land with that if you want to.
0: But you wouldn't usually do that, right?
2: Uh it depends. If you're able to lock down someone's game then you might want to do that like say say if you're able to to do that when they've only got three or four land, and all of a sudden you've managed to accelerate into nickel Bolas, where every turn you get to destroy a permanent, well, you can just destroy their land and keep their land down, and they can never build up their land because every turn you're destroying one.
0: And then you win. Right. Good thinking.
2: Okay, so lands are permanents. They aren't cast as spells. To play a, a land, you just put it onto the battlefield, which happens immediately. Now, at the beginning of your main phase, you have the opportunity here to play a land before anyone does anything. Now, if you decide to, rather than play a land, you decide to cast a spell, then you actually do end up giving priority to another person when you cast the spell. So if you want to play a land unhindered, which, again, no one can stop you from playing the land, okay, But if you want to make sure you get the land out before you cast your spell, then put the land out right away at your main phase. Okay, no one can respond to it. You can still cast a spell before anyone can do anything after you drop a land. So, um, you can only play one land during your main phase. And unless you, like, again, have another card that will change that, that will specify something else... And you can only do that during one of your two main phases. Yeah, that used to
1: confuse me. When people would save their land and, you know, like, say uh, you're attacking me. And I know that you haven't dropped a land yet, but you're doing all, you know, you're playing a creature and then you're attacking me. And then, you know, damage is done, I take it, and then you drop a land. That used to throw me off
2: and that 's because, and again you 're getting you 're getting a little ahead of us, which is oh, why okay, no no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but that 's why i I originally believed that like talking about the turn and turn order and things was t- important, or at least one of the more important things, because now, when you start talking about the fact you have a main phase and then a second main phase after the combat phase. The reason why people would do something like that, why they would wait on the land, is because generally it's a good idea to get in the habit and magic of doing things at the last possible moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, you say you have two land, okay, and you attack with one of your creatures. Well, your opponents say they dis- they're trying to debate in their head, should I destroy this guy? What's he got in his hand? Does he Is he land-stalled right now? Is it a good idea for me to destroy this creature, assuming that he does not have another land? So he's stalled, and now he can't play any bigger creatures? Mm-hmm. You know, like, they if you don't play the land, they have a lot to think about. If you play the land on your first main phase... They don't have as much to think about because you've already played the land, so they know you've got the three mana. So they know they could destroy this two cost creature that you put down, say a two two bear or whatever, and they could destroy it, but then you could just drop something bigger and beefier on the next turn. Or I mean at the you know, on your second main phase. So they have it gives them more to think about and you want to keep your opponent on the on their toes as much as you can. So shuffling cards. So you've got uh shuffling cards
1: <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> oh yeah
2: yeah let's get into the uh oh, okay, the shuffling sorry. yeah thanks. distraction uh, mm-hmm. the uh, listen to, to like mana 10, screwed 5. if you want to and uh, <laughs> you can catch what that's about oh. uh so anyway you again it's most lands have abilities that make mana not all do though not all lands produce mana Um, But you will use basic lands to generate a good portion of your mana most of the time. Basic lands um, being your mountains, plains, forest, island, swamp. Correct. Each basic land has a mana ability that makes one mana of a particular color. Any land other than the five that I just mentioned is a non-basic land. Right. Right. An object that's both a land and another card type, for example, an artifact land, can only be played as a land. It cannot be cast as a spell. Okay, so just because it's an artifact land doesn't mean you can play it as if it's an artifact spell. It's still a land. So it can still only be played once per turn on your main phase. Gotcha. Playing a land is a special action. It does not use the stack that's the the one of the very important things. Again, that's that's just to show you that it can't be responded to. People can't do anything about you playing a land. A player cannot play a land for any reason if it is, is not his or her turn. Ignore any part of an effect that instructs a player to do so. Similarly, a player can't play a land for any reason if that player has used all, all his or her land plays for that turn. Ignore any part of an effect that instructs a player to do so. So, basically, like, you just can't play a land during someone else's turn, right? The only... Lands can come into play. This is the the part that gets confusing to people, and this is why I wanted to mention this part. People will then say, well, then why is it that during my turn... This guy used his Knight of the Reliquary to sacrifice a land, which then he was able to search his library for a land and put it into play. Or why can I use a fetch land, which sacks, and then search your library for a land and put it into play? Why can I do that on someone else's turn? Because you're not playing the land. The land is being put into play as as a part of whatever the spell or card effect is but you're not playing the land. You cannot just play a land. That's the key.
1: So right, like the Terramorphic Expanse. Right, that, that, will, that just me.
2: comes into play. It's not you playing an additional land. Right. So, okay. There's there's much more when it comes to land, and again, if anyone has any other questions regarding this, um, please feel free to ask. I can if I there's information that I'm not sure about because it's a really complicated question, I will find out for you. So
1: or I will. I'm a really good researcher.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah,
1: I can find the answers to almost anything. I'm like cha cha.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like KGB with KGB better.
2: KGB. Is that a new cha-cha?
0: It's the cha-cha that costs money.
2: Oh. I don't like that. Yeah, why do you like that better? Why
1: why pay for something when you can get it for free?
0: Because it's more reliable and there's not a bunch of stupid answers. How do
2: you know? How are you using that there, Boston, Massachusetts?
0: I use it
1: three times every day.
2: Oh, all right.
1: Hmm. I think we'll have to look at our cell phone bell.
2: (laughs) All right, so here we go with sorceries. Sorcery represents a magical incantation. I'm glad I'm telling you all the uh flavor of it all, but maybe
1: we should look up that word.
2: A magical incantation. The
1: incantation. Basically,
2: it's a spell that you're you're reciting, you know, you, it's it it's irrelevant when it comes to the description, that's all for flavor. But more or less mm-hmm. a a sorcery is a spell that you can play only at your main phase on one of your turns. You cannot cast it when another spell is on the stack. In other words, you can't cast it as if it was an instant. A sorcery has an effect with instructions on the card that you follow. Then you put the card into your graveyard, which we already know that's pretty basic there. But now here's, here's the little bit more uh, complex stuff. A player who has priority may cast a sorcery card from his or her hand during a main phase. Casting a sorcery as a spell uses the stack, but you can only cast it when it's empty. Okay. Okay. Then that puts it on the bottom of the stack. When a sor What was that?
1: When is... I don't understand this stack is
2: empty. The Here. stack's empty. In other words... The stack doesn't have any cards on it currently. Oh, okay. So if if it had cards on it, then you'd only be able to play it if it was an instant. Okay. right? So, Or an ability of some kind. Oh, gotcha. So when a sorcery spell resolves, the action stated in its rules, text, are followed, then it's put into the graveyard once again. Sorcery subtypes are always a single word and are listed with a long dash, like sorcery-arcane each word after the dash is a separate subtype so like you could have a tribal like an elf sorcery right so you could have like a a tribal sorcery slash elf technically now sorceries cannot enter the battlefield if a sorcery would enter the battlefield it remains in its previous zone instead this is one part that gets confusing to people and it has for a very long time a lot of people believe that much in the way that when you say cast a creature spell it goes onto the battlefield you cast an enchantment it goes onto the battlefield people believed that if you cast a sorcery it would go to the battlefield first and then just instantly go to the graveyard but that's not true it just does not go to the battlefield okay.
1: right and people just put it there so that others can see basically right
2: right but it's never actually there so so you
1: so, so it's
0: like like you never ever 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 ever, ever put it on the battlefield like at all
2: right like it's not a the battlefield is only for the physical things that go on to the battlefield the the, basically people imagine the table that they're playing on or the whatever they happen to be playing on at the time as being the battlefield and that's and that's true but it's true to an extent because that's where you put your creatures that's where you put your enchantments and things like that but the whole like Magic playing zone consists of multiple zones there's like the command zone where you keep your EDH general and things like that if you're playing Elder Dragon Highlander there's different zones your graveyard right your exiled zone your so library. what was that
0: what is like your library
2: your library right so basically the 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 sorcery just does not ever go into the battlefield the zone that is the battlefield okay Uh, So if a spell or ability or effect states that a player can do something only any time he or she can cast a sorcery, it means that only that player must have priority. It must be during the main phase of his or her turn, and the stack must be empty. All right, so moving on, we have instants. An instant is just like a sorcery, except that you can cast it just about any time you want. Now, the, the key being when, when people say you can cast an instant anytime, it's, I hear that all the time, and it's kind of true. It's not, though, because the fact of the matter is, is you have to have priority in order to cast an instant. And again, like I said, when we get into the whole turn order and priorities, I'll make it a little more clear about what priority is, but casting an instant as a spell uses the stack. You have to have priority in order to cast. When an instant resolves, the action stated in its rules are followed, then it's put into the graveyard. Again, like sorceries, it does not enter the battlefield. Okay, it pretty much goes instantly into the graveyard after the spell is used. It just stays in its previous zone, and then after it's used, it goes into the graveyard instant subtypes are always a single word and are listed with a long dash again much like sorceries so if, for instance if the spell is an instant it could have a long dash and then say arcane. that's just it's, it's it has subtypes much like creatures which you know we'll get into later if text states that a player may do something anytime he or she could cast an instant it means only the player only that the player must have priority the player doesn't need to have an instant he or she could actually cast. Effects that would prevent the player from casting a spell or casting an instant don't affect the player's capability to perform that action. So this is a really basic way. It sounds confusing, but what it's trying to say is if if your spell, like say you have an ability card that says um, you can play this anytime you would play an instant, it's trying to say that that doesn't mean you have to have an instant card in your hand. Which I think is pretty clear to most people, but it could be confusing to someone who's new and still confused about the basics of the rules so okay, so is there any questions over instance?
0: Is that kind of like flash
2: uh flash is is an ability it's a keyword or it's a, well, it's a game mechanic, okay where um, flash can allow other things that are not instant spells to be played at instant speed, okay. So, and again, we'll talk about that when we get more into more detail, but when I was defining or talking about the fact that uh, in the Golden Rules that if a card specifically contradicts the rules in general in the book, that that card takes precedence. So if you have a Flash creature, normally you'd only be able to play creatures during your main phase. Well, Flash would say that it could be played any time you could play an instant.
1: Okay. Kind of like my Shield Mage... Like Aether's, your sh- ethers the
2: ether sworn shield mage yes. that you love to play in yes. your artifact princess deck.
1: Yes, although master is leaving, he's going bye bye.
2: So is your ether sworn shield mage. Yes, he is. <laughs>
1: what shall I do?
2: Well, it's scars. I think you'll be able to live with yeah, the there fact is. that there's a whole new supply of artifacts out there. Yeah, there is a little bit.
0: I don't like scars.
2: You don't like scars? I hate poison counters. How did you do it? You're pre release by the way. Yeesh. <laughs>
0: zero and five? Woo! Woo!
1: Well, at least you tried, right?
2: That doesn't count. I think <coughs> you were only zero and four. Count. Just to make you feel better. But anyway, did you have something to say there, <laughs> princess? No, I didn't. Okay. So here we go with enchantments. An enchantment represents a stable, magical manifestation. Boy, do I wish I hadn't just read that.
1: Why not?
2: Because it just is irrelevant a as to what we're talking
1: about. A, an, an enchantment is permanent.
2: You are correct. An enchantment is a permanent. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean?
1: It means two things. You can cast only one at a time. To- at the time you could cast a sorcery. And after you cast one... You'll put it onto the table in front of you near your lands.
2: Okay, well, that specific statement, and see, this is why I do not like the beginner's magic guide, but the fact of the matter is, is it, it may sound a little misleading to anyone reading that because it says you can cast only one at the time you could cast the sorcery. Well, you technically, if it's, say, if it's your main phase, you could cast five enchantments. The thing is you can only do it one at a time. You can cast as many enchantments as you can afford to cast and as you have cards in your hand. Right. But it has to be one at a time.
1: That's kind of because of the stack, right? Just in case somebody wants to do something to anything? Much
2: like a sorcery, it has to be the first thing on the stack. Right. So it is not an instant speed. You can't cast an enchantment unless the enchantment has flash, again, an ability that we will talk about.
1: Hey, an enchantment goes on the battlefield.
2: You are correct. An enchantment does go on the battlefield, Mm -hmm. and it is a permanent once it sticks around.
1: Yes, it does.
2: A player who, again, has priority can cast an enchantment. From his or her hand. What was that?
1: From his or her hand. Correct. During the main phase of his or her turn when the stack is
2: empty. Some enchantments have the subtype aura. Aura means that it enters the battlefield attached to an object or a player and so not all enchantments are auras but all auras are enchantments. Yes. Do you understand what that what what I mean by that?
1: Yeah. I, not
2: all enchantments are an aura because not all enchantments have to come in attached to a creature or a player or an object.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to think of one of the auras that that I've seen.
2: Okay, well mo- usually on an aura it will say um enchant creature. Oh, okay. right. Or target, enchant player.
1: Target creature can untap during the player's next untap step, or
2: something. Well, it might. Like, it it'll. Yeah, like it won't say target. It, well, it'll say enchant a, target creature. Right. Enchanted creature can't. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, that's that is an aura. So, like pacifism, say, is I was is an aura. Okay. But I okay. wasn't quite sure if that was. It yes, was it? it is. See, a lot of people could confuse that with like an oblivion ring, say, which is not an aura. An Oblivion Ring is an enchantment. And because it targets a creature, it confuses many people because they think that, well, it's it's targeting my creature, so that's an aura, but it's not. It's an enchantment, which is the reason why it stays in play even when your creature's gone. I've tried to play
1: that as an instant before.
2: Yes, exactly. Well, that's why we're going (laughs) over these things. Not recently. It was a very long time ago. Right. Just last week. An aura cannot enchant itself. If this occurs somehow, the aura is put into its owner's graveyard. Uh, and other than that, let's move on from auras. So, wait, 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 wait. What does
0: it mean, like, what do you mean, like, an aura can enchant an aura? I mean, I get what you're saying, but, like,
2: how would that happen? What do you mean, how would that happen?
0: Does it, do you, are you, do you mean, like, an aura enchanting itself, or...
2: Yeah. In other words, an another an aura cannot enchant itself. So, like, I think
1: I know what Boston's thinking here. You know, maybe I could be wrong, but you know, like he pacifies a creature, and so somebody else puts another aura
2: on top of it. Well, then that will still go on the creature. See, right. so is that so, what you mean? But you you obviously can't target an an enchantment aura with a another aura because it says target creature but let's say this say you had a pacified creature okay enchanted with an aura a pacifism aura what if i doomblade that creature
1: remind me what doomblade is uh destroy target Target.
2: non-black creature
1: well then the aura is it's then
2: target it's then Mm. it's then basically enchanting itself right an aura can't enchant itself. It has to oh, have a right. target, right? Oh, okay. so,
1: so once the creature's removed, then... Then the
2: aura goes to the, the graveyard. Aura. Yes.
0: Oh, I understand.
2: Yes. So, okay. Where are we Let's moving see. on? Well, yeah, moving on to artifacts. An artifact um, is basically like an enchantment. It's a permanent, so it also stays on the battlefield. Yes. And it continues to affect the game. Most artifacts are colorless, but here's another thing: tricky, not all tricky. artifacts are colorless. So just because most doesn't mean they all are. In fact, I had someone in the pre-release actually talking to me about artifacts and about the reason why um, <clears throat> he was he was mentioning uh, one of the spells that. Oh, I think he was mentioning like playing all is dust, which destroys non-colored artifact or non-colored. Uh, permanence, and he was talking about you know that being played all the time, or just different spells that could be played all the time with artifacts because artifacts are colorless. And I said, well, not all artifacts are colorless. And uh, so yeah, and he was Master like, of Ethereum, is yeah, vulnerable. exactly. Well, the, that's the point. The shards of Alara block mm-hmm. had tons of artifacts that were that had color to them, and so people automatically assume that artifacts are colorless, but they're not all colorless.
0: So. Oh, wait, so are they, like, lands that are co- uh, not colorless?
2: Lands are not colorless. Lands, I mean, lands are colorless, yes, you're correct.
1: Oh. Delayed reaction or something from the land beginning? No, 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 it's just...
2: You're asking if, if lands are colorless like artifacts, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lands are just, yeah, lands are, are colorless as far as I know. I don't know of any land off the top of my head. Again, I haven't... You know, I don't have the hugest history of of magic, but it all I I don't know of any lands personally that have a color to them. Okay. So, I believe there was actually there may have been a land called the um, that was a an Arbor something or other during like the Future Sight time period that was a land and a creature, but I believe that was a green creature. So that may have that may have been the I, I could be wrong about that. I'm pretty sure it was a green creature. And that would be the only one that I know of. So.
1: It's all good. <clears throat>
2: yeah, so anyway. So a player, again, has to have priority in order to cast an artifact la- artifact card from, from their hand. Uh, it has to be done during the main phase.
1: Some artifacts are equipment.
2: You are correct. Mm-hmm. Um, That's
1: what Scarves is, pretty
2: much. A bunch of equipment. Well, there's a lot of equipment in Scars, for sure. Yes. Now, artifacts have no characteristics specific to their card type. Most artifacts have no colored mana symbols in their mana costs and are therefore colorless. However, there are no, there's no correlation between being colorless and being an artifact because, as I just mentioned, some artifacts are colored. So, mm-hmm. moving on to the equipment... Yes. Equipment can be attached to a creature much like an aura. Mhm. It can't be legally attached to an object that isn't a creature. And this also works for enchantment auras. Say you, or say your land becomes uh, it a becomes a creature. It's mm-hmm. one of the man lands that can become a creature. Uh if you attach your equipment to it or you attach your aura to it, once it becomes a land again, that equipment or aura will drop off. Okay. Mhm.
1: So if you tap it for mana, it's bye
2: bye. No, because it can still. It depends. Like the new lands that came out in Worldwake, they all are still a land mm. as their creature. So, like say the Celestial Colonnade um, becomes a flyer, right? Oh. When you tap, when you pump, pump the mana into it, it becomes like a four-four flyer. Mm-hmm and then you but it's got vigilance so after you attack with it you could still tap it for mana right okay so it's still a land the key is it's a creature once the end of your turn roll comes around it stops being a creature and just goes back to being a land regardless of whether it's tapped or not right and that at that time the equipment would drop off
1: but does the uh, equipment go into the graveyard
2: If it drops off, your equipment will stay in play. Okay. The only way that your equipment's going to go in the graveyard is if it gets destroyed. Okay. You'd
1: have to destroy the equipment, not the creature, correct?
2: Right, unless unless the equipment has some stipulation. Right. Otherwise. Again, yeah. yeah. An equipment is cast and enters the battlefield just like any other artifact. It does not enter the battlefield attached to a creature. And I do believe there are actually some... That uh, some tribal equipment, that if you had the right creature type, the creature could come into the battlefield with that equipped to it, okay, but but tribal. the equipment does not, like when you cast it, it does not enter the battlefield equi- attached to it, anything.
1: Right, you usually have to like pay two and equipped, blah blah blah, and it yeah. gets plus two, plus two.
2: Right, and the equipability also goes on the stack, so... Mm-hmm when you say like you have a two cost to equip that to a creature you pay the two and then it goes on the stack and then this, so so that like say if I'm going to pay the two to to equip it to something and someone wants to terminate it then that would kill the creature before the equipment equips and the mana cost would have still had to have been paid to equip it Right. All right, so enough of these artifacts. But (laughs) they're my favorite! (laughs) I know, Princess, I was just playing. I know
1: that there's only so much that we can talk about, (laughs) but they're pretty fun.
2: Yeah, I know you like them. That's okay. Um, So, Boston, Massachusetts, why don't you go ahead? Now Now that I've talked enough about these and read enough myself... And you guys are warmed up a little bit to the whole podcasting thing. Let's uh let's have you read some uh creatures. What tell me about the creatures? Creatures.
0: They fight for you. They're permanents. But unlike any other kind of permanent, creatures can attack and block. Each creature has power So wait,
2: so wait, what you're trying to tell me is an enchantment cannot block? What? N- no? Oh, okay. <laughs> is that a question? <laughs> Is that rhetorical? uh, Say it with conviction, man. No. No! Good. (laughs) Nice. Nice.
0: All right. Each creature has power and toughness. Its power, the first number, is how much damage it deals in combat. Its toughness, the second number, is how much damage must be dealt to it in a single turn to destroy it. And creatures attack and block during the combat phase. Unlike other types of permanents, creatures enter the battlefield with a little thing called summoning sickness. A creature can't attack or use an ability that has tap in its cost until it has started your turn on the battlefield under your control.
2: Okay, so basically, when you cast a creature, now is there any way, say, that, that a creature could come into play and I could use it on that turn?
1: Yeah, that's haste.
2: Right. See I got So it. again, again, now everything that we're saying at this point, there are almost, not always, but almost always ways that kind of override those things. A haste is one of those. A creature has summoning sickness unless it comes in with haste and then it doesn't have summoning sickness.
1: And I will admit, even though that it embarrasses me to admit, that sometimes even still... A year and a half later, that the power and toughness confuses me. Yes, so that is
2: that is one of the areas where the princess has some issues because she will see a three-power, two-toughness creature going up against a, let's say, a, a four-power, four three-toughness okay. creature and she will think that the 4 power 3 toughness creature should not die but it does still die to the 3 power creature mm-hmm. it's it's power to toughness that's the key is is you know it's it's power to toughness so you know a 3 1 will still die to a 1 4 i
1: know it's math but it's like
2: no 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 i'm saying i'm saying like the 1-4 is only doing one point of damage. The 3-1 is doing three right. points of damage, but it doesn't matter but because the 1-4 yeah. has got the, the bigger one body. Is the only. So well,
1: Eventually, one of these days, I will get it through my thick
2: No, head. it's okay. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those things, and that's what we're here for, is to try and make these things clear so that people understand them.
0: All right. So as I lift off, you can block a creature or activate its other abilities no matter how long it's been on the battlefield. Artifact creatures are both artifacts and creatures. They're usually colorless like other artifacts, and they can attack and block like other creatures. An artifact creature can be affected by anything that affects artifacts as well as anything
2: that affects creatures. That's correct, and that's very relevant right now because there are so many artifacts and artifact creatures. So a lot of the removal, say, in Scars of Mirrodin is artifact removal. But that's very relevant because a lot of the creatures that you might be facing might be artifact creatures. So even though it's a creature, it's still an artifact. So they're actually prone to two types of removal as well, whereas a creature is not. Yes. Continue, Boston, Massachusetts.
0: A player who has priority may cast a creature card from his or her hand during a main phase of his or her w- turn when the stack is empty casting a creature as a spell a, u- as a spell uses the stack
2: yes that is true it's it's much the same way as sorcery enchantment artifact yes
0: so when a creature's spell resolves its controller puts it onto the battlefield under his or her control that is correct also now what like most of the other card types, creature cards, have subtypes, and their subtypes are always a single word and are listed under after a long dash.
2: Okay, what, such as right again. We we've basically said that with the with the sorceries in the instance. It's it would be like say creature elf lord or or you know elf whatever. It just depends on what it is, but it could be elf warrior, for instance.
1: Why are you stuck on elves today?
2: What is your deal? You know I like elves. Come on now. Why are you stuck on artifacts?
1: Because I like (laughs) them.
2: Well, there you go. Okay.
0: (laughs) Anyways, power and toughness are characteristics only creatures have. A creature's power is the amount of damage it deals in combat. A creature's toughness is the amount of damage needed to destroy it.
2: Great point. Of course. I always make them. Really?
0: Yes. To determine a creature's power and toughness, start with the numbers printed in its lower right corner. Then apply any applicable continuous effect. Okay. So damage dealt to a creature by a source without wither is marked on that creature. If the total damage marked on that creature is greater than or equal to its toughness, that creature has been dealt lethal damage and is destroyed as a state-based action all damage marked on the creature is removed when it regenerates and during the cleanup step
2: exactly and the, the the way that again there's overriding effects there's a thing called wither which is relevant right now in scars because it's um it's actually called infect in uh in Scars, but it's was previously known as Wither, which means damage is dealt in minus one, minus one counters.
1: Well, and we S- played that in the plane chase.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So there are different different times when you might get minus one counters on a creature. If you have minus one counters, it like say if an infected creature deals your creature in minus one counters, where it says that the damage is removed at the end well that's not because those counters are not removed those counters are permanent counters mm-hmm. so there are times when damage is not removed but that is again uh, basically that is the exception and not the rule the the, the uh, there are exceptions to almost all these rules but the rules are that generally in regular combat damage is removed at the end of the turn okay at the end of the f- turn basically because like, say, say you take two points of damage. Your creature takes two points of damage in combat, but he's a four-four. Okay, mm-hmm. you could wait until the very end of that person's turn to lightning bolt it to finish it off. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. And and the thing with regenerate, which you just mentioned. So, let's just ask you a question here, Boston. You hit. Let's say. Bring it. All right. Say I have a cudgel troll, which is a four-three troll, right? Yes. With regenerate, okay. Yes. I'm attacking your w- you and your wither creatures, and you have that three one wither elf. Okay. Okay. So you decide to block my cudgel troll. Yes. I, w- I pay the one to regenerate. What happens?
0: It, the regenerate. They like you. You tap it. I think, and the you tap
2: it like when regenerate happens. When it. When it when it dies, you basically you tap it, and you remove the damage like you you mentioned, right? Yes. So what happens with the the three, the minus one counters, right? Because he's he's infect, yes. and he deals three minus one counters to the troll, right? Yes. So he would still have three minus one counters on him.
0: Oh, so he would just die anyways.
2: He'd die anyways. That's right. So that's why sometimes the damage doesn't get removed. If it's dealt in minus one counters, even if my guy can regenerate, okay, he still will go to the graveyard because he still, even after coming back, he still has three minus one counters, okay? So he would basically be stuck in an infinite loop of dying. You just, you could not, he he, he would, what was that?
1: You can't ever take it off.
2: Yeah. Your creature dies if its toughness drops below zero. Drops to zero or below, so it never won't be above zero. So he he dies. Yeah, it can't be removed.
1: So poison counters are a k a a oh,
2: infect. Oh,
1: infect. That's what I'm talking about. Infect a k a wither.
2: Wither to creatures, but poison to people. Right. Poison to players. So. That's okay. the that's the thing. Like the difference is wither, the actual ability of wither, the mm. keyword of wither, that which was back in Shadowmoor, um, that dealt damage to players in the form of regular damage. Mm. Okay, infect is new because it poisons people. It's actually a little better flavor, really, because it poisons people and it deals wither type damage, negative one counters to creatures. So, gotcha. Okay. So is that it for Creatures? Yes. It's about time. Oh my gosh. So now we're moving on to... Planeswalkers. Planeswalkers. (laughs) Nice. We make our own sound effects, too.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. I don't know if I have used... Oh, I used Jace once. I don't really use Planeswalkers, but they're permanents. They are. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They enter the battlefield with the number of loyalty counters indicated in its lower right corner.
2: Exactly. Uh, They use counters. Yes. A lot of people view it as life. Some people view it as, like, a lot of people just view it differently, but the fact of the matter is is it's loyalty counters. It's Mm -hmm. its own specific kind of counter. And when it's disloyal,
1: they remove the counters.
2: Right. When it's disloyal, they get the whip (laughs) out and just start beating them. Yeah. Senseless. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So each planeswalker, I know, has abilities that add or remove the loyalty counters to activate. I know one of them, you know, minus one add soldier token or something.
2: Oh minus Two? Minus two, add two. three 1-1 sol- three one one soldier tokens, mm-hmm. the new Elspeth. Yeah. Yes.
1: Or
0: the ultimate Nissa in an elf deck, and you subtract eight, and you can put any amount of elves in your library onto the battlefield. <laughs> yes,
2: thanks. But I stomped your face I, Why are you so hung up on elves? Oh,
1: that's what I was just going <laughs> to ask. What the heck? You got them all playing these elves, and <laughs> they're impossible. Okay, so
2: basically Okay. So So when, moving on. When what? can you use planeswalkers?
1: Um, they are kind of just like a creature, right?
2: Yeah, they're lo- they're You're basically kind of anytime again, anytime you can play a sorcery, you sorcery. can use your planes planeswalker.
1: Right. And you can't have more than one out at a time. I do know that.
2: One of no, you can have more. One, one well, one of the same. Planeswalker. One of the same name, right? And the thing is, is if it's a planeswalker with the same, that's like say a different version of the same planeswalker, like a Johnny Goldmane and a Johnny Venge- Vengeant, mm-hmm. Those will cancel each other out because they both say planeswalker dash a Johnny. Okay? Right. So they they follow the legendary rule where you can only have one out. So if you have an a Johnny Goldmane out. Boston, Massachusetts drops a a Johnny Vengeant, then they will kill each other. So, so where did
0: this? If you know this, this legendary rule, like, why did it come out, anyways?
2: Um, I for Planeswalkers or just in general?
1: You are kind of like for
2: Planeswalkers. Uh, well, the maybe le-
1: people were going crazy with them.
2: No, I it, it's just they're they're creatures came out a long time ago before I ever started playing magic that were legends that were basically considered to be so powerful that they didn't want to to you to be able to play too many of them that would be like crazy. if the if the legend were so good so powerful that if you put more than one on the deck i right. mean it, on the battlefield it would seem almost unfair the other part of it is is that it's in being legendary like it's a flavor thing like like, you couldn't imagine having, like, say, a battle with uh, with uh, more than one Braveheart, uh, you know, William Wallace, and, oh, standing right next to William Wallace, right? Or King Arthur, and right next to him, King Arthur. It just doesn't make sense. It's not flavorful. Yes.
0: So you're just basically describing me?
2: I didn't say anything about being a loser. Hey. <laughs> just kidding. That's I'll edit nice. that out. I was just joking. Anyway, no. What do you what do you mean I didn't say anything about you.
0: I was I was saying that cuz you said that that, that <coughs> you can't have more than one powerful thing that could
1: like destroy anything that comes in <laughs> this path. So anyways, uh,
2: yeah, What's with so.
1: flavorful? Did you like watch the Food Network all day at work today or something? What do you mean flavorful? That's, That's like your popular word tonight. No, flavor is flavorful. a part
2: of the game. like, like taste. Have you ever seen... Like no you? I'm just giving you Oh, I see. Fine. See, I'm playing okay, around. Okay, so continue.
1: So <laughs> you can only activate one of these abilities at a time... At the time, you could cast a sorcery. And only if none of that Planeswalker's abilities have been activated yet that turn.
2: Right, so you get a one-shot.
1: Yes. And your Planeswalker can be attacked by your opponent's creatures.
2: If so, you can
1: block as normal. And if your opponent can damage them with their spells and... Wait. And your opponents can damage them with their spells and abilities instead of damaging you. Right. Exactly. Which I know, that's how you kill them.
2: Now, there but, is there is a very important distinction there, though. Let's say... Um, uh, <coughs> oh, please, go let ahead. Me, let
1: me finish this, and maybe that might be what you're going to say. All right. I think it is. Do it. Any damage dealt to a planeswalker causes it to lose that many loyalty counters. If it has no loyalty counters it puts it into the graveyard.
2: Right. Okay. Well, here's here's what I was going to say. Okay. Like, okay. say I wanted to... Say you had Jace the Mind Sculptor, and mm-hmm. he was at three loyalty counters. Well, I obviously want to remove Jace the Mind Sculptor, mm-hmm. and I have a lightning bolt in my hand, so I can, I can target Jace the Mind Sculptor with my lightning bolt, or I can attack Jace the Mind Sculptor. Right to do the three damage. Mm. However, and, and, and that includes things like, like uh, volcanic fallout. Say is a spell that that uh, is two red and a colorless. It cannot be countered. Deals two damage to each creature and each player. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that yeah. deals two damage. Okay, so. When I cast that spell, I can redirect that damage to Jace, the Mind Sculptor. I can redirect that damage. On the other hand, if I play a Howling Banshee, which costs 2 black and 2 colorless, it's a 3-3 flyer, and when it comes into play, each player loses 3 life.
1: But that, yeah,
2: that wouldn't affect... That would not affect Jace. Loss of life is not the same thing as damage, so... Jace, I cannot redirect a loss of life to Jace. I can only redirect damage to Jace. Mm-hmm. Okay?
1: Yeah.
2: Is that all there, for planeswalkers?
1: I'm I'm thinking so. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just yeah, exactly. And then there's tribal.
2: Okay, and real quickly we'll just go over tribals. There's not much to say. I kind of mentioned them previously.
1: Threw them out
2: there. Right.
1: I would never even heard of it until we started talking about this show.
2: Well, I th- I believe that they originally came out in Lorwin and Morningtide, um, but they have in one of the most recent sets in, in the uh, Rise of Eldrazi set, mm-hmm. they actually have a tribal enchantment, okay, and it's used a lot in... Uh, mythic conscription decks it's eldrazi conscription and it says tribal mm-hmm. enchantment or tribal aura enchantment enchantment aura or whatever uh and then it says eldrazi mm-hmm. okay so tribal is each tribal card has another card type casting and resolving a tribal card follows the rules for casting and resolving a card of the other card type so if it's a tribal artifact then it it goes by the rules of an artifact. If it's tribal enchantment, it goes by the rules of the enchantment. Tribal subtypes are always a single word and are listed with a long dash. Example: tribal enchantment dash merfolk.
1: Merfolk.
2: So the basically, it will be a, a tribal a, a tribal something that will gain benefits from being linked to some creature type. Okay, is what Ooh. it is. What it really is so basically that's pretty that's pretty much it for card types we will get more into like the stack and things you know things that are more interesting probably things that are really um, I think a lot of people will be interested to find out about like priorities stuff that gets a little bit complicated it can be confusing to people
0: stuff that isn't boring
2: stuff that's that's not quite as boring as you were during this episode
1: what's boring to you might not be boring to me but you're older.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Yeah. So, okay, here we go. So basically, again, if you want us to talk about anything, if you have any questions or comments... Email us. Email us.
1: At?
0: Tapthatmana at gmail.com.
2: Right. And also, you can, uh, you can find us on Twitter. What is your... Twitter ID, Boston, Massachusetts. Lumpy Ruiz. Lumpy Ruiz. Wow. Lumpy. People will really definitely be flying uh, flying to, to check that one out.
1: Mine is, uh, it's supposed to be a princess for D-Y-N, but it's A-P-R-I-N-C-E-S, the number four, and then D-Y-N.
2: Okay, that's perfect.
1: What's
0: yours? Wait, wait. What does Dyn stand for again?
2: That's just not important at this time. But what's so, your Twitter? My Twitter is tangent D-Y-N. and once again, you can also check out another show that I do, which is Manascrewed Podcast. Screwed. What's also on MTG Cast, and that also can be found at ManascrewedPodcast
1: Yeah. Join Ben and uh, the Beamy or Robert.
2: Roberto.
1: Roberto and occasionally the Sandwich. That's great. Great show. I Thanks. listen to it myself
2: at work. Yeah, once in a while. Yes, I do. When You're I only have time are about six episodes behind, but uh, that's all right.
1: I'll catch up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, anyway, I think that we're going to go ahead and be done for tonight. An hour and 15 minutes on the first episode isn't too bad. Not too shabby. It's about half what my last Mana Screwed episode was. Yes. Woo! <laughs> So until next time remember to tap, tap that mana!
1: Woo! Yay! I'll be back You <laughs> did not going to say that did you